October 28th, 2022. We're in Masechet Sanhedrin and of Kofiot Bet Amud Bet, and six lines from the top. Let's return to the words Amar Mor. Says Gemara Amar Mor Hayuba Kodashim. So if you recall, the statement was as follows, a little bit complicated. Uh, some details that we introduced necessarily yesterday, we'll review them quickly today. It goes as follows, if in the Ir Hanidacha there were Kodashim, Kodashim of course refers to uh, items or animals more specifically in this context that were sanctified for the Mikdash. The halakha is that the Torah, in a specific word that describes the, the property of the city, of the Ir Hanidahat, not the property of Gavua, of God, of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that's what gets burned, that's what gets, what, what gets confiscated. Uh, as a result, we understand that if it was an item that's called Kodashim, that was sanctified for the Mikdash, it's not going to be destroyed, it's not going to be con- confiscated. What could you do with it? Well, the Beraita made clear, the, Mish- the Mishnah really did as well, that halakha is, it's yamutu. If it was animals, what we call kochem isbeach, animals which were sanctified to be sacrificed, yamutu, you need to allow for those animals to die. Nothing else can be done with them. Asked the Gemara over here, ve'ama yamutu, why is it that your only option is, again, you're not going to destroy the animals, you're not going to kill the animals like you would with the other property, because the property is not owned by an individual in the city, it's not owned by the city, it's rather owned by HaKadosh Baruch Hu, by the Mikdash, so clearly you're not going to destroy it, you're not going to kill it, why not do something else with it? Says the Gemara, ve'ama yamutu, uh, perhaps there's something purposeful we could do with it. Maybe it won't be sacrificed. Maybe, as Rashi explained already at this juncture, it's inappropriate to sacrifice an item which came from Ir Hanidahat. It still doesn't look right, doesn't feel right. But, allow for the animals to graze. Let the animals, after the, over the course of time, in grazing, develop upon themselves a moom, that's achi ista'avu, they should have some blemish. The blemish will render them inappropriate for mizbeach, they're not going to be able to be sacrificed. The halakha with regards to koche mizbeach specifically, when you're dealing with animals which were sanctified for the mizbeach to be sacrificed, you can't just redeem them. The only way and circumstance wherein you could redeem them is once there's a mum, once there's a blemish. Allow for them, you can't cause the blemish. Allow for the blemish to develop and then redeem them and then use that money as nidava. Use that money for the mikdash to buy other sacrifices to be brought to God. Why isn't that what you do? Instead, so wasteful. You have to allow for the animals, which are kochem izbeach, which means they were sanctified for sacrifice, to die. Why? Why is that a necessity? Why can't we find, albeit a roundabout way, but nonetheless, a way to somehow use these animals and keep them in a state of sanctity in the, in the, in the scheme of things? Answered the Gemara, the first answer, says the reason it's inappropriate is that although the money that you're using in order to ultimately, in our constructed case, using was a step removed. It was the initial animal, which was sanctified by someone in the Irhanidahat, which then had a blemish. You then redeemed it, and that money you were using for a sacrifice, even that's inappropriate. We said the animal itself, 
is inappropriate, it was sanctified by someone who's part of that city, I don't want that. But even though the Kodesh now is coming about in a step removed after the blemish, after the mum, after the redemption, after the pidyon, you're then using that to uh, purchase, even that, Zevach Reshaim Toeva. Pasuk says in Mishle that Zevach Reshaim is something that's Zevach. We have a Masechet Zevachim. It starts off, Seder Kodashim Lisboach, and the Torah refers to Shechitat, when you slaughter, slaughter for sanctity reasons. We have Masechet Chulin, which deals with when you slaughter for you and me to consume. But Zevach refers to a Korban, so Zevach Reshaim. If it's a sacrifice which comes from someone who's a rasha, quite simple to understand, to quantify a rasha over here, someone from Irhani Dahat, to'eva, that's an abomination. Is this a halakha from the Torah, this idea, zevach rishaim to'eva? After all, it's a pasuk in Mishle, um, so perhaps not. Others argue that Tosafot Masechet Chulin at the beginning argues this is a halakha from the Torah. If the sacrifice is coming from an objective rasha, of course we'd have to define what that is, it's invalidated from the Torah. How could it be? It's a pasuk in Mishle. Torah is hamishah humsheh Torah. Mishle is from ketubim of us. Mishle shelomo. How's it? So the suggestion of, of, of many of Tosafot seemingly leading us into that is that the concept is that we find in Nevi'im and ketubim Pesukim, which reveal halachot, which we had as tradition beforehand. What I mean by that is something like halachal Moshe Misina is the easiest way to formulate that. We had traditions, we have traditions as to what's right and true in our in our uh, religion, in, in Torah and mitzvot. Where is it found in the Torah? Sometimes you won't find an explicit or even implicit reference in the Torah. You'll have to look in Divrei Nevi'im and Divrei Ketubim, and they will in turn reveal a truth that we knew to be reality. So that's that's what you'd argue with regards to Pazuki Mishle. It's reflecting a halakha from the Torah. It's God's will, so to speak. Well, besides Eid Hanidahat, sure. I mean, it needs to be defined. What, Yeah. <laughs> You're not on a school board, are you? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm, 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 right. Right. I, I understood, and we even learned a Gemara, which reflected and made clear the care and precision you need to take in receiving from. I mentioned then, I'll mention now that. Certainly, I mean, the, 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 it, it would be in that sort of circumstance. That, well, that would be in that sort of circumstance that, in terms of, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to be honest, in terms of the liberalism, because we need it for causes, we would be a little expansive in Jeffrey's question of how we're defining Rasha. I remember vividly, more than once, I, li- I lived in Me'asha'arim for more than one year. I remember vividly what they call Pashkavilin, or those signs they put up on the streets. If you ever walk through Me'asha'arim in Yerushalayim, so they have lots of signs. The signs are very often inspired by people who have a, a real kanaut, a zealousness for Torah and so I remember more than once they, they placed on them the many yeshivot in Yerushalayim and throughout Eretz Yisrael that were receiving money either from, and for them this was, this was a rish'ot from Zionistic causes, 
which was uh, from the government, or alternatively, there was, I remember there was a, a real, uh, ex- they exposed the whole thing, that there was some organization that joined Christians and Jews, and it was run by some Orthodox Jew who was interested in giving money to the yeshivot, they exposed all the brand name yeshivot in Yerushalayim, and it was these sorts of comments that were written about it. Again, not so simple ever to determine. There were subsequently, maybe before and Teshubot, which were written, but the beginning of it all is to define what Tresha. And anyway, in our context, this is Zevach Reshaim Toivas, specifically within the context of Korban, but of course we'd expand it, uh, you know, as appropriate, if appropriate. That's the statement here of Rabbi Yohanan. So Rabbi Yohanan's opinion is it's because of Zevach Reshaim Toivas, and very tellingly that means that any Korban, any Hekdesh, better yet, and in turn, any what the kochem is whether it's koche uh, kodashim or kadashim kalim, we'll define those in just a moment. Uh, they're all invalidated, even though you redeemed, all invalidated. Resh Lakish disagrees. Resh Lakish has a different angle, and in turn, according to Resh Lakish, we're referring specifically to one brand of animals or one brand of sect of hekdesh, which in turn means that the others maybe would be yir'u achi istavu. You would allow for a pidyon. How so? Well, Resh Lakish has two angles. His first angle we, we learned yesterday and the Gemara deflected it, so I'm going to just skip down just a few lines over here because um, we learned this yesterday, three lines down, and the, the fourth word on the line says, Bekodashim kalim. You see those words? Bekodashim kalim ve'alibadir biyoseh hagilili. Rather, said the Gemara, we're dealing with, according to Resh Lakish, not all hekdesh, some hekdesh indeed would be able to allow it to graze in the fields, let a, a moom, a blemish fall upon it, and in turn redeem and use that money. That would be with regards to what we call koche kodashim, something like a korban olah. Something like a korban olah, which is kulo kalil, it's kalil Hashem. A korban olah is a sacrifice which was entirely burnt to God. The halacha with regards to that is elevated in terms of its status. There's no ownership, no, no, no stake in it from any individual, not from the kohanim, not from individuals in the nation. That's called a korban olah. In a korban olah, if I was a member of Ir Hanidahat, I sanctified my animal, I said, it's going to be a korban olah. In such a circumstance, indeed, we would not need it to die. Let it yir'u achistavu, let it graze until there's a moon, until there's a blemish. Redeem that and use that money. That would be the halakha. Wait a second, isn't there a problem of zevach reshaim toeva? Resh Lakish would say, absolutely not. We're a step removed. We're two steps removed. Not zevach reshaim toeva. Isn't there a problem that it's coming from Ir Hanidahat? It's not coming from Ir Hanidahat. It's koche shamaim. It's mamon gavo. It's not mine. Uh, so in what circumstance did we state in the Beraita that yehargu, we need allow, excuse me, yamutu, we need allow for the animal to die? It's talking about kodashim kalim. As an example of what kodashim kalim is, it's a korban shilamim. Korban shilamim is the type of sacrifice which was sacrificed and, and, and given to God while at the same time the owner partook in uh, eating from it and enjoying and benefiting from it. And the halakha, according to Rabbi Yosef Gilili, is Kadashim Kalim Mamon Be'alim. 
And the halacha with regards to Kodashim Kalim is that they have the owner, and you can understand why, based on what I just told you, has a little bit of a monetary involvement. It's true it's being brought to the Mikdash. It's true you can't do with it whatever you want, but I have a little bit of involvement. It's a little bit more, and I can determine certain things with regards to this. That's the ha-ha, That's what we're talking about. So now understand appropriately what happened. The fellow in the Irhani Dahat had an animal. He sanctified, he said, it's hikdesh to be a korban shilamim. Okay, what's the status going to be? On the one hand, is it his? Well, it's kind of his. On the other hand, it's not fully his. It's God's also, so you can't just kill it. So what am I going to do with it? Well, maybe I'll allow for it to get a blemish and I'll redeem You can't allow for it to get a blemish and then redeem it, because after all, it's somewhat owned by the person in the Eid Haridahat. So you're stuck in this limbo state with regards to Kadashim Kalim. When, it deal, when you're dealing with something like a Korban Shilamim, there's a double ownership. How are you going to deal with that? Allow for it to die. You can't do anything more. You can't do anything else with it. Aval koche kodashim mai. But what would the halakha be according to Resh Lakish if I'm with a korban olah? He made clear, yiftu or yir'u. You allow for it to graze, let a mum fall onto it, let it develop a blemish, and then redeem it and use that for nidava. That's what the Gemara suggests for Resh Lakish, which means to say, Resh Lakish is a little bit more broad in terms of his acceptance. Resh Lakish does accept a reality of, uh, of uh, in a circumstance of koche kodashim. If it's a korban ola, for example, the halacha would be yiru achistavu. I mean, what's what's your alternative? He'd ra- he'd rather you just be he'd rather you lose it. All right, you, you sound a lot like Rabbi Yohanan. Resh Lakish says it's a few steps removed. I mean, the Gemara will in a few moments question Resh Lakish, and that's what he'll answer. He's like, Kevan the Ishtane, Ishtane, I think is his, is, is his exact words. And it says the Gemara. Move on. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is not in need of us. We're, that, you know, we're aware of that. Okay, but ultimately speaking, he doesn't need waste either, you know, if we're trying to put on his cap. Anyway, says the Gemara over here, I have a technical question on Rish Lakish. You see, that Beraita that we had at the very top of the page distinguished. It said certain animals yehargu and other animals yiftu. Again, certain animals, yeah, excuse me, yamutu will just need to die. And other types of hikdish, what we called kochet bedekabayit, if it's not sanctified to be a sacrifice, those you can redeem. I have a, a basic, simple question on you, Resh Lakish, and it's just two, three lines of further technicality over here. Uh, why did the Beraita distinguish in that fashion? Why did you say, Koche Mizbeach, the halacha is uh, Yamutu, and then Koche Bedekabayit, the halacha is Yiftu? Why didn't you say, Koche Mizbeach, some are Yamutu, that's Koche Kodashim Kalim, and some are Yiftu, that is Koche Kodashim. Why didn't you make it cleaner like that? You could have done it all within the realm of Koche Mizbeach. When you're dealing with animals which were sanctified to sacrifice, there are two different halachot. That wasn't made clear in the Beraita. The Beraita made it appear as if when you're dealing with Koche Mizbeach, they always need to die. Says the Gemara, Adetane Sefa, when the Sefa of the Beraita taught Koche Bedekabayit Yifdu, they seem to be always redeemed. Liflog Vilitne Bedida, why didn't you within itself, meaning in the initial reference of 
Kodshem Mizbeach, split it and explain When is it so that Kodshem Mizbeach are specifically Yamutu and you're not allowed to redeem it Bekadashim Kalim? That would be in a circumstance of something like a Korban Shelamim, where the owner has a little bit of, uh, where, where the initial owner still has some ownership, it writes to it, and as a result, you can't sacrifice it even after there's a blemish. Aval Kodshem Kodashim, something like a Korban Ola, Yifdu, they should be redeemed, and that should have been made clear in the Beraita at the onset of our Amut. Answers the Gemara, there's a technical reason to that technical question of upon Resh Lakish, and it goes like this. La pasikale. The halakha is there's an, another anomaly, another outlying case, and it goes like this a korban hatat, korban hatat. Some of us are familiar, we know the name, we know uh, in many circumstances a person commits a sin bishogeg, he needs to bring a, a, a sacrifice, which is called the korban hatat. The halakha with regards to korban hatat is, it's koche kodashim. Hopefully you have a little bit more appreciation to the beginning of tefillah now with regards to the sacrifices. Anyway, that's called koche kodashim, that's the higher level sanctity. The halakha with regards to korban hatat is, if it's metu be'aleaf, the owners of that animal have passed away prior to its sacrifice, uh, in such a circumstance, the, um, the, uh, the, the animal needs to die. You can't sacrifice it. The descendants, nobody, nobody handles it afterwards. What's that? It's ownerless because the, own, the initial owner died. Now, other, other sacrifices maintain the sanctity and you bring it in their stead. You know, the descendants do. When it's a hatat, it's upon that person, he passed away, the animal now dies. You don't even allow for it to be redeemed. That's the halakha. That's a specific halakha there. And that's a case of koche kodashim, it's the higher level sanctity, which means to say it would have been very complicated, more complicated than we've discussed until now, to mention these laws in the initial uh, go around of the Beraita. It would have gone like this. The Beraita would have had to say something like this. It would have said, what's the halakha with regards to kodashim? It would have been two lines for the top. Well, if it's koche bedekabayit, you can allow for them to be redeemed. If it's, if it's koche mizbeach, and here's where it would get complicated, if if it's Kodshe Kodashim, some of them could be redeemed. Other ones like Hatat cannot be, and of course we're killing the owner, so that's going to be the case, he can't. And if it's Kodashim Kalim, according to Rabbi Hagilili, in such a circumstance it can't be redeemed, it would just be too complicated. As a result, we kept it cleaner and we distinguished between Kodshe Mizbeach and Kodshe Bedekabait. Concludes the Gemara, this... Uh, this um, uh, I guess uh, uh, confusing sugya. Bishlamar biyohanan lo amar keresh lakish. Why is it? It's understood that biyohanan didn't agree with resh lakish. After all, resh lakish is allowing for, if you recall, koche mizbeach, that was not a hatat, to be nifteh, to be, to be redeemed. Why didn't Rabbi Yohanan agree with Resh Lakish? Tichtiv zevach resha'im as Nathan said, ultimately speaking, HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't need it. It comes initially from a source of resha uh, that we uh, keep out of it and we don't allow for a pidyon. We don't even want to use the money source which came from it as, uh, as a, uh, a direction to Kiddushah. Why doesn't Resh Lakish agree with Rabbi Yohanan and disallow even a circumstance of Kochem Mizbeach 
to be roe at Ista Avu, via be Dmehem Nedava, Amalekaki Amrinan, Zevach Reshaim Toeva. When is it that we say the sacrifice of a wicked person is an abomination? Hanemile Hechadi Itnehu Berinayu. That's when the item is there in front of you. Berinayu means literally, literally means in its eyes. What we refer to in this context is it's right there in front of you. Aval Hachab, in our circumstance, you'd be saying that you allowed for it to get a blemish and then you redeemed it with money. Since it's changed, since you're dealing with the money as opposed to the actual item, we wouldn't trace it back to being a zevach resha'im any longer. And for that reason, in a circumstance of koche kodashim, according to resh lakish, assuming it's not a korban hatat, you could say yiru achi istavu, let it graze until there's a blemish, and then it will be redeemed. All right, the Gemara finishes this debate and this discussion here. There's a little bit more of technicalities with regards to Kodashim, and uh, then the Gemara moves on into Terumah. But then the Gemara brings us back to Agadah to close out the Masechet. You never, never thought I'd say this. You're almost excited for the Agadah of Perek Chelek again. Anyway, the Gemara continues over here, and it says, Rabbi Shimon Omer, Behem Techa velo Behemat Bechor Uma'aser. If you recall, the Pasuk says that, Behem uh, Techa, the Pasuk says that you have to destroy, you have to kill the animal animals of Ir Hanidahat and the Dirashaf Rabbi Shimon was the animals of the owners, uh, of, the, of the inhabitants of Ir Hanidahat, not Bechor, not Ma'asir. What's the status of Bechor and Ma'asir? Well, they stand apart. What's the reason that they stand apart? Bechor means the firstborn of any of your flock that needs to be given to the Kohen that has a sanctity. That's not for you to enjoy, it's for the Kohen to enjoy, he has to sacrifice, and then he gets to enjoy some of it, but that's not owned by someone in the Ir Hanidahat in the legal sense. What's Ma'asir? Every tenth of any flock needs to be as well brought to the Kohen in the same way, some of it sacrificed, and the rest of it enjoyed by the Kohen. We'll see there's a specific detail with regards to Bechor Ma'asir, which make them a little bit different than the other Kodashim we discussed earlier, which is why they might be designated. It says the Gemara Bemai Askinan. What's the specific case over here? Ilema Bitmimin is the case that the Bechor, the Ma'asir, are Tamim. What is the word Tamimim? Like uh, we have at the beginning of this week's parasha, Ish Sadiq. Tamim, Tamim means to be complete. Tam means to be complete. Uh, perhaps we're talking about when the animals of the Bechor, of the Ma'asir, which were supposed, which are going to be given to the Kohen, are Timimin. In such a circumstance, questions the Gemara, it's quite simple what the Halakha would be over there. That's Shalal Shamayim. If you recall, the Dirasha was Et Kol Shilala. We made a Dirasha about that. It said you're supposed to collect the property of the city, shilala velo shalal shamayim, but not something that's the property of heavens. If this item is tamim, it's purposed for the heavens, it's going to be the kohens, but really God's. In such a circumstance, we didn't need a fancy dirasha from Yur Bishimon to say, oh, by the way, bechor ma'asir as well from behem That was ela be mumin. Uh, perhaps it's talking about when they had a blemish. If they had a blemish in them, so the halakha in such a circumstance goes as follows. Whereas we've been talking until now about redemption when there's a blemish, uh, see the value of it, and I pay that money, and, I, and then I take the animal. And when it comes to bechor and ma'asir, if the kohen has it and it has a blemish, uh, the kohen doesn't need to do anything. The kohen gets to enjoy those animals. He doesn't get to do specific things, but he can fully indulge in the animal. He can eat the animal entirely without any redemption. That's the halakha. Well, if that's the case, shilala uh, ninhu. If the bechor and ma'asir have a mum, if they have a blemish, 
then that animal is going to get killed as part of the ownership of people in that city. So I don't really understand what you were talking about, Rabbi Shimon. You had this statement that because of the pasuk behemtecha, the animals of the city, you're going to spare the ma'asir and the bechor, instead of killing them, you're going to allow for them to die, but I don't really understand. That's either derived already from the pasuk of, uh, that, that we had earlier of shilala, for all the other sanctified items, or alternatively, it should be killed if it has a if it is a ba'alum. Amara vina, there are two answers here in the Gemara. Le'olam be'ba'alei mumim, u'mishene echal b'torat behemtecha yaseu elu she'en ne'echalim b'torat behemtecha ela b'torat bechor u'maaser deshalal shamayim ninhu. The suggestion here of Ravina goes as follows: When it comes to bechor and ma'asir, if they are, he suggests, we're dealing with ba'ale mumim, if they were timimim, if those animals were unblemished, in such a circumstance, we would say that we're learning from, we're learning from the fact that the pasuk tells me in a regular sense, as we mentioned a moment earlier, that the only items that are destroyed in the city are the shalal of the hediot, the shalal which belongs to a regular owner. Over here, since it's a tamim, since the animal is tamim, you're not going to touch it. However, if they're ba'ale mumim, however, if they're ba'ale mumim, if the bechor and ma'asir are ba'ale mumim, in such a circumstance, I need an extra pasuk to tell me, I need an extra, let me, let me rephrase this again. Ravina's statement is, when, when Rabbi Shimon made his statement, that behemtecha velo behemat, bechor ma'asir, what he was teaching me is, that bechor and ma'asir stand apart when they are ba'ale mumim. How so? Again, if they're tmimim, if they're complete and they don't have a blemish, that we learned from the general law of Kodashim, the Pasuk says, Shilala, that, uh, just like other Kodashim. Even if they have a blemish, in which case you'd say maybe they do belong to someone in this city now. In that circumstance, these are a little bit different. The explanation of Rashi is they have an extra word appended to them. It's what's called the Shem Levai, which means to say you don't say this is the animal of someone from the Irhani Dahat, you say this is the Bechor animal of someone to, to, of Irhani Dahat. As a result of that extra name appended to it, it has a different status and therefore it won't get killed together with the other animals of the city. That's the first opinion, the opinion of Ravina and Shemuel the Gemara. In such a circumstance, it's going to, well, it's got to die. You're not going to allow for it actually to, to reach its full fruition. Normally, it would not be sacrificed, in which case, that's why we believed it should be killed. The Hidush says, Ravina, it's not going to be killed. Why is it not going to be killed? Because we're going to say it's not a real, it's not a regular ownership of an owner in that city. Why not? What's that? In a normal circumstance where it's a Baal Moon and, and someone gives you a Baal Moon? You get to enjoy it. The only things you're forbidden in is what's called giza va'avodah. Giza means shearing it. You're not allowed to enjoy the, the skin for one reason or another. You're not allowed to use it to work in the field. You can indulge entirely from it. Why can't the Kohen eat this animal? Um, it's a Baal Moon. It's coming from the Ir Hanidahat. It's not going to be killed. Give me a second. It's not going to be killed in the circumstance. 
It has its own category. You're asking, why doesn't it, ultimately speaking, get given to the Kohen? Read together with me Rashi. Maybe he'll help us. L- look at Rashi. That's on the right-hand side, the bottom Rashi. Le'olam b'ba'alei mumin. Va'afilu And nonetheless, says Rashi, En nisrafimima. It's not destroyed or, or slaughtered together with the animals of the city. Didarshinan lekra hacheh. This is how we understand the Pasuk. Behemta. Which animals get killed? The animals of the city. It's items which are eaten by the anim- by the owners as behemtam, as it's theirs. These are different. They have an extra name to them. Behemat irhanidahat. You don't consider this the animal of irhanidahat. Ela behemat bechor umaaser shel irhanidahat. But he didn't really help us in your question because again, no, it's not. No, that's why you're not killing it. Right. You're asking. You're, you're, the answer, I mean, we know already what you do with it. Rabbi Shimon told us, I believe Rabbi Shimon told us, they die. No, first of all, you never eat an animal that dies. He wants, he wants to give it to the Kohen, let the Kohen slaughter it, and enjoy it. Instead of just letting it yeah, that's what he wants to do. He said, because it's not really anything over here. It's an in-between state, so allow for the Kohen to have it. It's not a regular, it's not Shalal Shamaim. It has a moon. It's not Shalal Shamaim, it's not Mamun Be'alim, because it has a Shem Lavai. I'm not sure. The truth is, I'm looking at the Bishimon. The Bishimon never told us that the Kohanim don't eat it. It's going to be clear that way. All right, that's, that's an interesting question. Uh, that's the second opinion here in the Gemara is Shemuel, Upligad Shmuel. According to Shmuel, there's a uh, different halacha. According to Shemuel, the Amar Shemuel, Hakol Karev Hakol Nifteh. Somehow he has a statement, everything gets sacrificed and everything gets redeemed. Those are very hard words to understand. My Ka'amar, what did he mean? Hache Ka'amar, this is what Shemuel meant. Kol Shekarev Keshuhutam Venifdeh Keshuhu Ba'almum if any animal which, when it's tam, when it's complete, it gets sacrificed, when it has a blemish, it needs to be redeemed, those are normal kodashim. That's not the Maaser I told you about a moment ago. In such a circumstance, mishalal im'it. The pasuk in the Torah says shilala, specifically the property, the ownership of the city, as opposed to the ownership of another, meaning of Shamayim, that's going to be regular sacrifices. Jared, I have a, a, a thought. Anything alternatively, when it's tam, it gets sacrificed, but if it's ba'almum, it's not redeemed, it's rather immediately eaten by the Kohanim. In such a circumstance, we derive, says Shemuel, we learn from behema that it needs to be the ownership of the person in order to be destroyed, which means to say when all the dust between these two is settled, they disagree in the following circumstance. If you're dealing with Bechor and Ma'aseh, which are tamim, which are unblemished, according to Shemuel, our second opinion, we uh, derive from the Pasuk of Behemtecha, 
that the uh, that that this animal is not killed. Excuse me, is killed. That's what we're deriving from behemtecha. It's going to be considered behemtecha. The fact that it's immediately consumed means it's not killed. As 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 opposed to ravina, it means means it's killed. As opposed to ravina, who derives from shilala in such a circumstance of timimim, he says it won't be killed. I mean, the, the answer has to be Jared that the same way that we won't give it to kodesh when it is tamim, even though it's it's disassociated from the ownership. Oh, we're not going to say the kohanim that they can eat it either. It's got to be something else. It's got to be as Nathan said, it's disgusting. And we don't want to go near I know. So, so it's a new category, which means I'm not going to allow anyone to enjoy it. I'm just going to leave it be. All right, says the Gemara, just uh, moving forward quickly, Terumot Yerakevu. If you recall, if there's an item, if there was produce, which is Teruma, which means to say I separated from my produce in order to give to the Kohen, Yerakevu, the halacha is it needs to spoil. Amarav hastal lo shanu ela Teruma biyad Yisrael. Aval Teruma biyad Kohen kevan de mamonehu tisaref. Rav Hasta qualifies the words in the Mishnah. He says, which Terumot need to be uh, rotted and are not given to the Kohen, or not doing anything, not destroyed with the city? That's talking about specifically Tirumah Biyad Yisrael. I separated it from my items and I have in mind to give it to a Kohen. What's the status of this produce right now in my hand? Well, it doesn't belong to me. It doesn't belong to the Kohen. It's kind of in the uh, spiritual realm. It has a certain Kiddushah to it. You're not going to touch that. Leave that. Don't go near that. What about if I separated it and I gave it to a Kohen? And it's a Kohen who lives in the Sigirani Dachat. What's the status then? The Allah is in such a circumstance. It belongs to the Kohen. If it belongs to the Kohen and the Kohen's a member of this Irani Dachat, it's going to be destroyed together with everything else in that Irani Dachat. So again, Rav Hasta says, when we say terumot yirakevu, it's specifically when it's in the limbo state of it was separated, but not given. Once it was given, it belongs to the Kohen, it's going to be destroyed. Mativ Rav Yosef, Rav Yosef asked a question on this from an extra, the extra halachot that we had in our Mishnah. If you recall, the extra halachot in our Mishnah were ma'asir sheni ve'kitve ha'kodesh yiganzu. What was the halacha with regards to ma'asir sheni? Break it down with me. Ma'asir sheni is on years one, two, four, five of the Shemitah cycle. I need to take a tenth of my produce, take it to Yerushalayim and eat it. Who does the ma'asir sheni belong to in that moment? Well, on the one hand, it's going to Kedushah in Yerushalayim, but on the other hand, it's mine. I'm going to be eating from it. What's the halakha in such a circumstance? The halakha in such a circumstance is Yiganzu. You don't burn it. You don't destroy it. It rather needs to be buried. Why is that any different than Tirumah Biyat Kohen? If, because they killed the guy on time, they throw him off, and the guy is dead already, you burn, kill it too. If this guy is dead, nobody's going to eat it. But you're going to bury it. The question is how you're going to handle this item of Kedushah. Are you going to burn it? Or do you bury it? Do you use it? Uh, listen, you, you, bury, uh, you finished your uh, mezuzah. And that's, uh, what are you doing with it? You're burying it in the ground. Uh, nobody's going to use it. May as well burn it. No, we're not burning it. That's the halakha. If it has a certain Kedushah, even though it's not going to be used, you're not going to burn it. So the halakha over here with regards to Tirumah, the suggestion was, if it was given to the Kohen, it's already in the possession of the Kohen, and it should be burned together with his property. Why is that any different than Ma'aser Sheni of a Yisrael. I'm holding on to my ma'asir sheni. Yes, it has an elevated status, but ultimately speaking, I'm going to eat from it. Maybe that should be burnt as well. The fact that that's not burnt, 
makes us understand that perhaps the Tiruma, even when it's Biyad Kohen, should not be burnt. Dame isn't Sheni in the hands of Israel, just like Tiruma in the hands of a Kohen. They're both matters of Kedushah. And we have different laws according to Rav Hasta. Rather, if you have a statement of Rav Hasta, perhaps it should have been phrased like this. The only time the Tiruma is not burnt is when it's Biyad Kohen. The Kohen received it in such a circumstance, it's not going. Aval. Teruma biyad Yisrael. What happens in circumstance when I separated the teruma? The city is here, Hanidachar. It's still in my possession. Tinaten lekohen should be iracheret. What would be the halacha with regards to that situation is again, if the teruma is already biyad kohen, what's the halacha going to be? It's not burnt. It's yirakevu. You're going to allow for it to spoil. What if I'm the Israel? I separated this to give to a kohen. The city is made into irhanidachat. What should we do with this now? I know. I know. I'm in trouble, Jared. I'm in trouble now. I understand. The halacha is I take this teruma and I give it to a kohen beiracheret to a kohen who doesn't belong to our irhanidachat because this teruma already has that elevated status and I can't allow for it to be destroyed. Why would I allow for it to be destroyed? Why am I alternatively going to be allowing for it to rot? Give it to a Kohen Be'iracheret. Yeah, it's, it's not consistent with what we were discussing earlier because what I was telling, well, no, 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 this, 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 this helps your question. Why am I giving it to a Kohen to eat? Maybe I should say it's inappropriate. It comes from Irani Dahad. Yeah, all right, we'll return to this next week. Baruch Adonai Le'olam, Amen, Amen. Be'chanam, Mishra, Merasa, Kadosh Baruch Hu,